Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow, and it's great to be with you again for another week. And uh, it's a sparkling, sunny winter's day now, but it's beautiful out there. So, uh, And on today's program, we'll have our usual roundup of news from the region. But of course, uh, before we tell you what's happening, Giselle, how do people contact us? That's right. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. We are on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. But you can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. Before we launch into it, Pierre, I do know that the story is very long, so we can't, uh, not a lot of time for general discussion. So it's important to acknowledge that between um, today and our uh, last show, there have been dramatic movements in the United States. Of course, on the 25th, um, of May, uh, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer, a white cop, um, in Minneapolis. And two days later, on the 27th of May, it sparked uprisings right across the region. We'll cover that in the mini news, but of course, these are world changing events that we're witnessing. That's right. And, uh, and of course, uh, 3CI is having appeal an online appeal so if you like what you hear uh don't forget to go on 3cr's website to donate money and uh, before we get to the news stories the main um interview this uh, week is is from iraq it's with sami adnan who is the co-founder of workers against sectarianism one of the main groups behind the popular uprising in iraq since october of last year it is a slightly long interview but there are lots of uh, things in it and and uh, Sami talks about the details of some of the dynamics of these protests and the ongoing political impasse in Iraq. But that's uh, going to be in about five odd minutes. Uh, we'll go to, uh, to news items. That's right. We'll start in India where vulnerable workers continue to die in that country in the last few weeks. We brought you a number of stories on the desperate situation that many migrant workers find themselves in in India. Last week, an Indian railway spokesperson said that in a two-week period in mid-May, 80 migrant workers were found dead in the special trains that had been set up to take them home. Reports have also come out about the plight of the survivors of the Bhopal chemical disaster of decades ago, most of whom are still suffering the after-effects of being poisoned. According to latest statistics of the 45 deaths in the city of Bhopal due to COVID-19, 37 of them had been Bhopal survivors. So again, the um, immunosuppressed state of some of the survivors of Bhopal and of course the uh, overall poorer health outcomes for migrant workers is just resulting in such a disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on those marginalised communities. 
That's right. And I think we see that all around the world. But on that uh, note, and going to the story about the killing of George Floyd. So while this uh, killing by police in the USA and the subsequent riots have made world news, in Australia, they've also rightly shown the spotlight on the treatment of the Indigenous people here in Australia. While the original disposition and attempted genocide are still events that need to be addressed. There is also the continuing repression of Aboriginal people by state authorities and especially by police. In 1991, a Royal Commission into the persistent scandal of Aboriginal people dying in custody made over 300 recommendations. Nevertheless, since then, an additional 432 Indigenous people have died while in custody. For example, the deaths of people like David Dungai, asphyxiated by prison guards, Joyce Clark, shot dead outside her house by police, TJ Hickey, chased to death by police, and Tanya Day and Veronica Walker, both women lay, left dying in their cells after being picked up for misdemeanours, are indictment on the strength of the racist institutions that still rule Australia. That is why solidarity rallies in Australia this week have also focused very much on the Australian Black Lives Matter. We'll announce that rally at the end of the show as well for um, listeners based in Victoria. Moving now to Iran, where Iranian labour activist uh, was whipped in jail, Saeed Rasul Talib Mogadam, a member of the Syndicate of Workers of Tehran and Suburbs Bus Company, was arrested in 2019 after participating in a demonstration for May Day. Talib Mogadam had been an active member of Tehran Bus Workers Syndicate for many years and had just recently retired. He was sentenced to two years in prison and an additional two years in exile as well as 74 lashes. These lashes were carried out during the last week. Reports say that Taleb Morandam was already in poor health and after the whipping, he was transferred to a more isolated prison in an extremely poor physical condition. Family, friends and comrades are very concerned that authorities allow Taleb Morandam to receive proper medical care as many activists have already died in Iran's notorious prisons. We now go nearby to Israel, where last Saturday the Israeli army in East Jerusalem killed another Palestinian civilian when they shot 32-year-old Iyad Halak. Iyad had autism and was heading to the school for students with special needs, where he studied each day when he encountered the military patrol. As in many other cases, the initial report by the military was that he was armed, but later investigation revealed that Iyad was unarmed. In an unrelated development, Palestinian scientist and researcher Ubay Aboudi was sentenced last week to 12 months in jail for security reasons after he was detained last year under Israel's notorious administrative detention regime. Ubay was jailed because of his activism in the science field where he promoted Palestinian scientists to the rest of the world. His jailing is part of a broader effort by Israel to totally isolate Palestinian society in all aspects. And the last story for this morning comes from Japan, where migrant workers continue to struggle. While Japan has a reputation for being a country with little immigration, the last 10 years has seen a massive influx of temporary migrant workers due to Japan's ageing and shrinking workforce. As of late last year, there were more than 1.6 million migrant workers in Japan. The recent economic shock due to COVID-19 has now meant that many workers are losing their jobs, with fears that by the end of the year, up to 2 million workers might become unemployed. 
Labor organisations and welfare centres have reported a big increase in demand from, from migrant workers as they're usually in insecure work and companies see them as disposable. While there's government assistance available, the reality is that migrant workers are particularly vulnerable with a weaker support network and language barriers that prevent them from seeking government help. Again, a very, very common story about the plight of migrant workers in this country. And that's the end of news from around the region. Pierre, we're going to go to some community announcements and then that interview that you've got for us this morning. 3CR remains closed to all broadcasters and guests until further notice. The good news is that so many of our programs are producing new shows each week from home. From Lost in Science to Living Free. Done by Law to Defence of Government Schools. Concrete Gang to Chronically Chilled. Mafalda to Music Matters. We're here with compelling content and rousing radio. Listen live or listen later. Tune in, stay safe and keep listening. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. The interview um, to, for today's program is, as announced before, with Sami Adnan, who is the co-founder of Workers Against Sectarianism, one of the main groups behind the popular uprising in Iraq since October of last year. The popular protests are in most cities of central and south Iraq. Are you organised nationally, or is each city a different organisation that acts independently? First of all, uh, I would like to thank you uh, for this opportunity because it's uh, very important for us to talk about our uprising and our uh, revolution to your radio channel, to people of Australia and to the rest of the world. My name is Sami Adnan and I am co-founder of Workers Against Sectarianism, which is a newly established organization in Iraq. So we are trying to deliver our voices outside Iraq to the activists, to the journalists outside Iraq. Back to your question about uh, the protest. First of all, uh, I would like to say that the protest in Iraq generally, there is two central requests in Iraq. Uh, first, first and most important uh, square is in Baghdad, which is the Sahih square, and the other square is in El uh, Nasriya, south of Iraq. You know, Iraq is not like based on one nation and one religion. Actually, Iraq is a multi-diverse nation, and there is also a lot of uh, religions in Iraq. So when when you are trying to organize people for for different purposes, 
when generally the pricing is started to it's started for different uh, demands. For example, in, in south of Iraq, each city it has its own problems and it has its own uh, security situation and its own it has its own uh, economic problems. But generally, we share a lot of demands together. So generally, when we try to organize uh, something nationally, we focusing on the common demands between us and uh, in the cities of Iraq, uh, which is like ending the sectarian system, ending the corrections, ending the militias rule, building a new civil state, or some other activists call it the secular state. This kind of demand is we all gather uh, under it. But as I told you, each city has its own situation. And because of this sectarian system, like each party of the Islamic, political Islamic party, controlling kind of a city. And for example, in, uh, in Basra city, southern of Iraq, it belongs to a pro-Iran militia controlled kind of. Other, other cities, it's kind of different militias. So it's not, I don't want to say it's hard to organize people nationally because, because of these reasons, but we share kind of these demands together in these two central squares inside the movement. You've just said that uh, there's a number of organizations and groups and in different cities, but from an outsider, it seems very much that you don't seem to have much support in the Sunni or the Kurdish areas in northern Iraq. Is that so, and why? Let's talk a little about the Sunni area, and then we go to the uh, Kurdish area. For the Sunni area, you know, these areas or these cities, first of all, before all of that, I want to mention that this is not our first uprising in Iraq. People been protesting since, since the occupation of USA. And before that, uh, before that, we had the dictatorship of Saddam Hussein. We could not protest. But after the occupation of USA, people keep protesting against, against the system and against this uh, new policy in, uh, that brought by USA to Iraq. The, against these parties, the political Islamic parties. So we had a lot of uprising for different reasons. In, in all of the cities of Iraq, like I remember I participated in the protest of uh, 2010 when I was 20 years old, and it was a very progressive rising, and we can see that a lot of cities from Sunni area and some from the South East and from Baghdad were participating in this uh, protest. And then we reached 2011 for the problem of ISIS, and, and then things is developed. So the Sunni cities, we are not waiting anything from these, these cities. Why? Because they just get out from a very, very, a very strong conflict between ISIS and between uh, the government, the government and their military. And their cities are destroyed now. The people are not even in their cities. The people are living in their camps. So, and there is a huge military forces are inside these cities. And they can't go out and participate in the protest, but for for so many reasons. One of one of it is like when they go and and make a protest, the government arrests them because and they accuse them with uh, with a terrorist fugitive. 
because they are, they are just protesting against the system. And that means for these cities, that means they are terrorists now. So we kind of understand, completely understand the, how much difficult situation in the Sunni area is and why people can't go and participate. Their cities is destroyed, they are living in the camp, they are just trying to go back to their, to their houses. And there's a huge military forces there, and the government accused anybody who who tries to participate in the protest with terrorist using. For the Kurdish area, Kurdish area in Iraq is an autonomy in Iraq, in north of Iraq now. And they have a different problem than our uh, problems in the south. Like, for example, as I told you, mentioned to you before, have, we share some demands like militia's rule, sectarian system, ending the sectarian system, ending the militia's rule, ending the corruption. And, and But in Kurdish autonomy, it's the, the, the government is different. It's not good, but it is different. Like, like there is no sectarian system, for example. There is kind of more than national parties than sectarian parties. And there is different cultural... It's a whole autonomy different. Like, you can recognize that when you visit... Uh, Kurdistan is very uh, different than the rest of Iraq. But we received a huge solidarity from that when they came to Baghdad, for example. I was there. A lot of political groups were visiting uh, Iraq, uh, visiting the squares inside Baghdad and in the south. But as I told you, they have different problems. And uh, we are trying to make connections and make it stronger these connections and these circles. And because of this system, this system is divided people to autonomies and to own cities. So kind of because of this sector and national system, and we kind of like, we don't have that much connections with with the Kurdish area. But after October uprising, we received so much solidarity and it's getting better and better. And the, this uh, we are sharing this political vision between people in Iraq generally. And people start to understand that this sectarian and national system that is ruling Iraq is not working anymore. It's not answering our needs in all of Iraq. Either you are Sunni or Shia or you are uh, Kurdish or you are Christian or you are anything else. It's not answering our needs. You've uh, given a good description of, of the nation and, and some of the social and political differences in each area. Now, obviously, from an outsider, we have also seen that uh, hundreds of people of the protesters have been killed over these last six months and thousands injured and arrested. So how do you defend and protect yourself in a country where there's a lot of armed militias? First of all, in the, the formal numbers for the people who've been killed is more than 800. But we believe that this number is not the truth. We believe, as we saw in on our eyes, than this number. Maybe double, maybe more. Also, as you see, there's a lot of people who injured, 23,000, the formal number, being injured. And from here, you can see how much how badly that people want to change this system when they're trying to baffle this change, how much, how much they are being suffering from this system. What is also more amazing thing that the people, uh, despite all of these numbers of killing and injured, people are 
uh, confirming the peaceful protest. Why people are confirming on this peacefully a uh, peaceful protest? Uh, because you know Iraq now is very difficult security challenges and very uh, difficult security problems. That you know we just get out from the ISIS problem. And before ISIS problem, we had a protest in Iraq. And the kind of artists used this process to, to get inside the society. So from here, and also in other cities in the south, for example, there's a lot of militias. So we don't want them to use this protest for, for their own interest, because they are stronger than us. They have weapons. They have all support from outside. So that's why people always confirming that we should stay peacefully. And because of that, we can, so as you see now, it's a very complicated situation. From an inside that we can't defending ourselves, and from other side, we can't make a radical choices. So that's why people could not really defend themselves and using a radical methods. Also, some, uh, in some cities, some, some protesters, like for example, in Nasiriyah and in Basra, they use radical methods to express themselves. And they like they they burned the, the governor building, they burned the parties buildings and offices, they attacked them, but it is not developed into a civil war or a military conflict. From my perspective, I think because of the people are trying to keep their protests peacefully and not being used and not being used from this uh, political militia in Iraq. This is the reason. Yes, we can see that it's a very difficult position that you and your comrades are. So as a last question, just obviously we'll have to come back to you another time to really um, delve more into your movement. But as a last question, your movement has shown incredible strength over six months, and but the Iraqi political and economic elites are still very strong. What do you think is needed in the next few months for your movement to be able to defeat the, the current uh, ruling class in, uh, in Iraq? It's there not because of the local support. It is there because of the, the global support or the imperialist uh, support. Like this government it has a huge support from USA. This government it has a huge support from Iran. It has, it has zero support from the local people inside Iraq. This government has been oppressed them since 2003 until now. As for the international report, when the last election happened, only 19% participated in this election. What does that mean? That means nobody trusts in the system and in this party. And we did what we have to do in Iraq. What we can do more than this? Anybody who reads the history of Iraq, you can see a lot of uh, uprisings happened in Iraq. But we, what we can do to the uh, global uh, or imperialist states like USA and Iran, how we can stop them? We can't, we can't defend against USA because it's an external attacking in Iraq. And they are protecting the system and keeping this system without their support, without USA's support, without Iran's support without Saudi Arabia and Turkey and China's support, people can, they can end the system. Uh, these states 
are providing the system with weapons. They are providing the system with uh, energy. They are pro- providing this system with money. And what we have in return as a people, we are just from working class people, independent people. We have no support from any organizations in the world or any support from any kind of the state. How we can stop this? The solution is in Iraq is not only on the hands of the people only. That's why we are trying in our team to build solidarity support and circles between the people of Iran, the people of USA, people of Turkey, people of or the activists around us to stand together against this system that's intervening in Iraq and intervening on the interests of people of Iraq. And also we are always proving and confirming that our protest is it's a progressive protest. It's not like the stereotype picture uh, on Iraq that we see it in some media and some, some outside media when they said Iraq is it's a terrorist place it's where there's so much militias, when there's so much uh, buzzword events. We are always trying to improve inside all the uprising in Iraq. It's not true. This media is not presenting the truth of the, the people of Iraq or the committees of the youth in Iraq. And we saw inside our October uprising how much amazing was the emotional moments, uh, the gravity the social communication between the people inside Antahir Square, for example, when we saw that a great equality between people who've been uh, protesting together, we saw different women from different backgrounds, we saw different youth from different backgrounds. Nobody were like talking about any backward ideas, and and I'm not exaggerating if I said millions inside October uh, inside Antahir Square during the October uprising. So this is a clear message to, to the world. We're not listening to, to these media and trying to do more to the people of Iraq, trying to stop their countries from intervening in our internal situation of political uh, choices, especially states like Iran, like China, like USA, like Turkey, like Saudi Arabia. It needs a lot of struggle, needs more organization, local and local federal and organizing inside Iraq, but also it's neat, and we are trying to do this building networks with the world, with activists around the world to do something to this system. Thank you for that. We recognize how hard your struggle is, but how hard you're actually, you and your comrades are, are working. So we certainly wish you all the very best and we'll be in touch later in the year to see how you go and we will continue to spread the word about your struggle in Iraq. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. As I said, it's very important for us to talk about our political life in Iraq, and I really appreciate this talk with you. Thank you for radio station. Thank you for anybody who's listening for us. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03-9419-8377. Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03-9419-8377. 3CR Community Radio, here to stay.
3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. And you've just been listening to an interview with Sami Adnan, the co-founder of Workers Against Sectarianism in Iraq. And that does bring us to the end of another Asia-Pacific Currents for this, mo- for this week. We'll be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. But I do want to remind listeners of a couple of things. One is 3CR's fundraising drive. We can't run Radiothon this year like we normally do for a couple of reasons. One is the social isolation measures. So we can't all be in the station driving a fundraiser, a Radiothon like we normally do. Secondly, we acknowledge that many of you, our listeners, are doing it really tough this year. You can't donate as much as you normally would or even as much as you would want to. So being aware of people's economic situation, we are still trying to raise funds, but we are asking you to give what you can this year. And the last announcement I want to make for this morning is the uh, Black Lives Matter demonstration in solidarity with uh, the uprisings in the United States. It's this Saturday, commencing at 2pm at Parliament House. Uh, It's actually today, today at 2pm at Parliament House. Uh, There will be a lot of marshals there supporting demonstrators to maintain social distancing um, and to maintain everybody's both health and safety and also protection from the police. Uh, So please show your support and get out today. Well, that's uh, the the end of another um, show about Asia Pacific Currents Labour Issues. We'll be back next week with more news and information from the movement, but that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hannah.